Hello everyone and welcome to It's Not That Simple with me, Trevor Pritchard. Last week, another person was in the spotlight based on a race row that blew up just out of nowhere really. Instead of it being a person, a white person this time mistreating a black person, it was a white person imitating a black person. Jessica Krug was a professor of history at George Washington University, University can't speak today, in Washington DC. In a blog post entitled, that's a good word for it, The Truth and the Anti-Black Violence of My Lies, she starts the piece. For the better part of my adult life, every move I've made, every relationship I've formed, has been rooted in the napalm of toxic soil of lies. A bit dramatic, but I get the point. She lied. She lied to her employers, she lied to her friends, and she lied to her students. She took the moral high ground over people who had dreadlocks, wore any kind of African dress, calling them oppressors and accusing them of cultural appropriation, and all while hiding, well, not such a dark as it should be, secret. The rest of the essay reads somewhere between throwing herself on her ethically sourced tribal sword and bragging. Announcing at one point, I'm not a culture vulture, I'm a culture leech, and going on to say, to everyone who trusted me, who fought for me, who vouched for me, who loved me, who is feeling shock and betrayal and rage and bone marrow deep hurt and confusion, violation in this world and beyond, I beg you, please do not question your own judgment or doubt yourself. You are not naive. I was audaciously deceptive. I have very clear, loud conscience, did I say that right? But have acted as if I had none. I gaslit you, I begged for your compassion and love for my isolation and loneliness. Real and raw feelings, but born of the avalanche of deceit. That sounds to me more like, I'm not sure if she's like proud of what she's done. It's like, ah, I've got you fuckers. But it sounds like she's proud of the way she's pulled the wool over people's eyes, or pulled the cotton over somebody's eyes if you want to make a racial joke. She's not the first. Uh, to do this and she probably won't be the last to be honest but there's so much to unpack in this story it's hard to find a starting point it's hard to decipher exactly what she was trying to achieve did she actually believe that she was a black woman i'd say no she was fully admitted her indiscretions did she have some sort of longing to be black maybe but in today's divided world i can't for the life of me think why I mean, if you want to spend a good hour a day trying to explain things like, I have got a sense of humour, but that just wasn't funny, or I was born here, or my parents were born here, um, or no, not exactly, my grandparents were born here as well. And then having to say, oh, yeah, I get it now that you've emphasised the word really, I know what you mean, yeah. My family came from Russia. God, I wish I was joking. Some people even subscribe to the idea that there are people out there who just want to feel that they're oppressed. And I'm sorry, but if you're doing something on purpose or living your life in a way that encourages feelings of oppression, then you've got privilege. My thoughts on the question of why she did it is this. She thought that by being black, there was far less competition in her chosen field. Because she's written books and she's been lecturing on black history and culture, 
in academia that requires some kind of authenticity and it's an authenticity not in my mind but in sort of academia and learning centers around the world that you have to sort of be from a culture to fully understand and teach about it i don't know how true that is in the grand scheme of things but that's the way it is at universities and schools i guess i think that she thought she was just going to have an easy ride because she thinks i'm smart i'm smarter than these people and that's what i think it was that's why i think it's so upsetting when things like this happened the problem in my mind isn't so much that she pretended to be a black puerto rican mixed woman but the fact that she lied lying is the worst thing that you can do to a person as far as i'm concerned and she lied to people's faces and through her teeth in order to gain prestige money and respect i mean she was shortlisted twice for um books that she wrote that was um prizes for african-american writers and she should never have been shortlisted for them someone else who has put in the work didn't get shortlisted because of her it ain't because it ain't the fact that she won it's the fact that two other people effectively didn't get shortlisted because she was lying and that's that's where it comes down to that's where the lies hurt jessica krug is not the only example of race change instant celebrities no doubt she's going to write a book about it at some point and make even more money which is i think well it's disgusting isn't it really the other two uh transracial overnight stars rachel dolezal and martina big uh, i don't know if you've heard of them but let me try and tell you a little bit about them all three of these women they've only tied together by one thing and that's they've tried to present themselves as black women but there are some differences and handling of the controversy is different while krug um enjoyed the trappings of being respected professor rachel dolezal i don't know if you remember rachel dolezal been about five years ago when her story broke she was the naacp chapter president in spokane in washington and also she was a instructor in african studies it makes you wonder what's in the water in washington but in the case of uh, ms dolezal there appears to be something traumatic when you look into her life it just seems like she's had some sort of traumatic experience that it just she just wants to be somebody else every time i see her in an interview she takes real great care not to reveal that she's a white woman with two white parents and you know at this point it's not about letting the cat out of the bag the cat's out of the bag and it's run off up the road i don't think she's lying trying to protect you know the lies that she's already told i think she's trying to protect herself and it's almost as if she if she admits to the world that she's white then she's gonna have to admit it to herself and i think that's where the problem is i think the problem with rachel dolezal is that she doesn't want to admit that she lied because she doesn't want to admit that she's not who she's saying she is 
the other example of a white woman becoming black is a woman called Taina Big. If you've never heard of her, Google her and have a look at um, her appearance on like This Morning and various different TV shows. She's a German woman. She spent thousands of pounds to make herself look like a black woman. But of the three, Martina Big is the least concerning one to me. Even though she's really over the top, she's not once, to my knowledge, denied being white. You can look at pictures of her, and to be frank, she looks like... You know that little Britain character that got cancelled like this year? At some point, I think it did. It, it, it looks a lot like that. Sorry, she looks a lot like that. I didn't mean to call it it. I was, I was just saying... It was a mix-up of words. Anyway, she looks a lot like a little Britain character, uh, for the want of a better phrase. But when she talks about her transformation, she explains that she's long been an admirer of black women. She's telling you that this has less to do with wanting to be black and more to do with wanting to look a certain way. When she's talking about it, she talks about it with like, with kind of a childlike innocence, um, if you ever hear her speak. I don't know if that's because English isn't her first language, but she tends to be really shouty, really excitable. And when she talks about like how black women look, she gets even more excited. And it's like, I think it's somewhere between jealousy and a crush, more than anything. In the cases of Dollars and Krug, the main point was that they've taken positions of trust within the african-american community advising young people with a sense of shared experience that's a complete lie if you'd got a, a young man who was going to join the army would you be happy if someone with stolen valor come up and was telling him about what it's like to be in the army even though he's never been in the army it's on the same sort of level as far as i'm concerned it's a big lie that can lead to some horrible situations. Like I said, on the other hand, Martina Big, she doesn't pretend to be anything other than a German white woman who's modified her body to look as black as a white blonde-haired woman can. I mean, you can argue that it's cultural appropriation, but like other words and phrases at the moment, like Nazi and racist and all the rest of them, Cultural appropriations lost its meaning through overuse. But in the same week, talking of people talking about a cultural appropriation, uh, we've had Adele coming up with a picture wearing a Jamaican flag bikini top and Bantu knots. While some have had a lot to say, most people saw the outfit as Adele celebrating her North London roots. I mean, she's from Tottenham. It's a multicultural society. And I and I can get behind that, and I can understand that, because me and myself, I'm from West Brom. West Brom's a culturally diverse town, home of West Bromwich Albion FC, the mighty baggies. And we're a club that's fiercely proud of our multicultural history. I think the only club, really, that has anywhere near our levels of multiculturalism is Birmingham City. Um, but obviously, they're not as good as us. <laughs> Adele would have grown up in an area where British and Caribbean food and music would intermingle to create an environment as rich as, uh, well, Adele. But I get it. I mean, Adele's, I mean, Adele's gone through some stuff recently. She's lost a hell of a lot of weight. 
And you know what? Just wanted to show it off, so probably threw on a bikini top and gone out. Why not? Can't blame her. But I mean, she's not the only artist that's been sort of wrongly accused, in my opinion. You know, you've got like Eminem. A lot of people have said, oh, it's cultural appropriation. But he's never out of the top 10 or top 5 of everybody's all-time hip-hop artists. He is a good rapper. And he's never once claimed that he's black. Never once tried to... In fact, he's even referenced the cultural appropriation thing in um, on the uh, Without Me track from 2002. It's an art form that he loves. He's not trying to say that he's better than anyone or anything like that. So he's just doing his thing and he's doing it well. It does ask the question, why does the idea of cultural appropriation offend so much? Well, the answer to that question, like so many others, lies in the past. Before Race Relations Act and equivalent legislation around the world, in a time when the very thought of challenging the histories of colonialism were anti-British or anti-American, look back to early rock and roll and you'll find so many examples of white artists covering songs by black artists without recompense or acknowledgement, leaving the creators of these, in some cases, massive hits with nothing while white artists and producers took their paychecks to the bank. On August the 13th, 1952, in Los Angeles, California, Willie Mae Thornton, or Big Mama as she was known, recorded Hound Dog, a 12-note blues song that would make an undeniable mark on music history. It was released in a year later, in February of 1953, and the song would go to spend 14 weeks on the R&B charts becoming Thornton's only hit record. Hound Dog is listed as one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In 1956, Elvis Presley recorded his own version of the song. It blew up, becoming one of the best-selling singles of all time. Over 10 million copies were sold. It held the position of number one on the pop and country and R&B charts for 11 weeks. All at the same time, it was a record that took 36 years to break. It blew up, becoming one of the best-selling singles of all time. Over 10 million copies were sold. It held the position of number one on the pop, country and R&B charts for 11 weeks, all at the same time. It was a record that took 36 years to break. Hound Dog is just one of the many that was originally recorded by black artists, re-recorded, repackaged, and arguably made safer, more sterile by white artists, to a wide commercial and critical acclaim. I urge you to go and listen to Big Mama's original recording. It is a banger. Um, Elvis didn't add anything to it. The Elvis version isn't as good. I'm going to say it. It's not as good as the original. But then, when are cover versions? There was no real way to fight against big record companies in those days. Especially in a time before the civil rights movement and the changes in laws that guaranteed the equal rights of all people. Even if you had the money to fight the record label, the chances of winning the case were slim. These days, with artists holding their work in a voice-like grip against anyone who would be bold enough to try and steal their intellectual property, 
things have improved. But the legacy of this time period remains generations after this dark period of music history. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope it's been of some value to you and I hope that you've taken something from it. If you did enjoy this podcast, please go and check out some of my other episodes. And if you want to be kept up to date with what's happening in the world of It's Not That Simple podcast, then why not follow me on social media? Follow the podcast on your favourite platform, maybe even leave a review as well. It costs nothing but means the world to me to know that I'm getting it right and if I'm getting it wrong. So if you want the latest episodes and you want to know as soon as they're uploaded, follow me on Twitter at Roach Soap 72 on Facebook, search Trev Pritchard Roach Soap, or on Instagram, Trevor underscore Pritchard underscore podcast. So until next time, keep it real.